Hi there! Welcome to the Isogo TV podcast from isogostrong.com. I am your host, Becky Hammond, and you and I gather here on this podcast to fixate on strength in our families, on our teams, because when we start from assuming strength, we can make relationships easier. This is episode 123. We are right in the middle of a series that's running this month called Lockdown Leadership and the five themes that shine through from the best of the best leaders. This series came about by us asking some questions. Uh, what are the best leaders doing right now? What did they do so well and learn, maybe even the hard way, in this crazy world that they're carrying forward in new ways to help their teams in these times that continue to be pretty uncertain? Because even in the midst of it all, the best leaders are still thriving. Today, I again get to chat with Murray Guest. He's been a frequent guest on the show, and his insight and expertise in this world of leadership is second to none. As we've coached and worked with leaders over the past several months, there have been some really major themes, really interesting actually, that are emerging to make the best thrive. So far in this series, we've touched on leaders who have chosen to lead with grace, who have exercised clear communication, and today we are exploring the third theme, all about individualization and flexibility. I was just on a coaching call today where flexibility was sadly not a practice her leaders have adopted. And in such a time of uncertainty, it's especially crushing. So we'll define it, share some stories, pass on the best practices that we've seen, and even leave you with a couple ways to practice it in your own role as a leader. So let's dive in. Well, hello there, Murray Guest. I'm so glad that we get to have another conversation today about what leaders are doing in lockdown and have done in lockdown and the themes that seem to have be shining out of the best leaders, the most resilient leaders that we know. Um, so welcome as we talk about this. Thank you, Becky. And I know you and I have been talking quite a bit in between having these conversations about these yeah. themes and whether people are based in my part of the world or your part of the world or anywhere, there's some common themes that are certainly arising from our conversations and also some of the articles that we've been reading and things we've been yeah. seeing as well. So it's great to connect and talk about these themes. And I think this one is a real important one. I'm hearing this a lot. Um, as leaders are in lockdown and even right now as there's so many different versions of yeah. transitioning back into the workplace, back into organisations um, and this theme of individualization in leadership, so, so important. Yeah. You know, Gallup says, has said it for a long time that the best managers, the ones that kind of rise to the top are those who individualize. Um, and I think for some leaders, mm -hmm. this is super uh, a frustrating statistic because, you know, it, it does require, it requires energy, it requires thoughtfulness, it requires work. Um, but what we're seeing is that it is true. The best leaders out of crisis are, are individualizing. They are asking the tough questions of themselves to say, what could I do to add to making this um, to, uh, experience to be one that is smoother, to be one that um, is more flexible, that doesn't jump to conclusions or base their theories of what's happening on assumptions and uh, they are truly, truly individualizing. Um, and I know that we have some stories from some of the best leaders that we are working with right now. Um, and I'm curious to know kind of what's one of those stories that rises to the top for you as we talk about individualization and flexibility. 
Yeah, I certainly want to share a few of those stories because I've been inspired by how leaders are really bringing that individualization to their their daily leadership and the way they're approaching it. And I think even just to pause for a moment and reflect mm. on this idea of managing people to a job description <laughs> and treating them like parts of a, a factory process, you know, like the old style mm. management that is been highlighted through this um, experience that we've all been in in the past, you know, three or four months, uh, how that just does not work. That doesn't engage people. They don't feel connected. And honestly, we don't treat them as, as humans and as whole people um, if we manage people like that. Yeah. And yeah. as you've Man, just, just highlighted. Yeah. And as you've, you've highlighted, Gallup has, has highlighted and identified the research that that individualization is so important. Yeah. And one of the stories I wanted to share, Becky, is a leader that um, I've been working with and they manage a, an operations area and they needed to, you know, start to have people work from home while some people still need to be uh, coming to the, basically a, a depot, as you would call it in America. Down here, we call it a depot. Um, oh, that's the same wow. place. What an adjust cultural adjustment. Thank you for being so sensitive to my language. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely would not have known what you meant if you said depot. So thank you. <laughs> so I, I have been corrected by some of my American friends in the past on that one. So uh-huh. it's one of those, those, those ones, but let's, let's talk about the depot or depot and uh, how, through this process, they needed some people to be based there and some working mm. from home and how do they make that work? And I think, um, to be honest, an ineffective leader, uh, and e- a leader may be taking the easy route would have just said, okay, you're at home, you're at work based on mm. your job or your role and just, you know, cut it down the, the middle. And to be honest, that is easier and that is yeah. faster, but you know what? It doesn't engage people. It doesn't treat them like humans. It doesn't consider what's going on in their world and their life. Hmm. And what this lady needed to do was actually, you know, pause and actually say, who needs to be at home? Not who do we need at work, but who needs to be at home hmm. right now with what's going on in the world? Yeah. So a, a totally different approach, which I know took time, took focus, took energy, and even felt difficult because it's like, hang on, we are putting people first. Hang on, but that is important. And so what they did was they went through that process and it didn't take a a long time, but also took um, some really valuable time. And they identified that one of the leaders has a daughter who's immune compromised and Mm. through that process said, right, so it's best for you to work at home for this Mm. next period of time so that you're okay, your family's okay, and she's okay. And in having that come to surface, I was then right, so how do we actually start to even use this as an opportunity for some improved succession planning and people stepping up? And which then there was a flow-on effect where we then had a leader that uh, was working from home and someone else could step up into his role and then someone else that normally works, let's say on the floor, stepping mm-hmm. up again. So opportunity out of crisis. So everyone was yeah. looked after, everyone could do a, their role slightly differently, but then we had this great opportunity for development. Um, and that 
I think is a, is a really good example of that individualization and flexibility we, we want to talk about today. Yeah, totally. I, it reminds me or occurs to me in this moment that it, it takes a good deal of creativity. It's not just the time, but like thinking out, out the, outside the proverbial box, like it says, okay, this is the role that this person has always played. And this is um, what we need them to do or what we need our, our organization to do. So how can we still get the same things done and have people maybe take different roles or different priorities? Um, it, your story reminds me of a healthcare leader that I was working with who said it had very similar outcomes of, okay, usually every person is in the office. There are zero remote workers when you are working in a healthcare setting, um, you know, pre-March 2020. And, um, but they said, we want to, we are committed to keeping these people employed. And so what can they they Mm. do? They looked at, um, there was two particular people who had family members who are just higher risk. And they said, it's not worth it for you to come into the office where we're exposed to the general population every day. And so they were creative. They had to you know, reorganize some things, readjust some things. People had to take on different responsibilities and roles. But I think... Um, you know, the leader, the leader's example of showing like, it's okay, we can do this, you know, kind of gets back to the grace that we talked about in the first uh, episode of this series, which is, you know what, yeah. let's all breathe a little bit, like breathe in and breathe out some grace and say, we can, we can be flexible. We can um, individualize to the, to the people that, that have real human needs. Um, you know, H, HBR, Harvard Business Review wrote an article, I think it was back in 2011 or 2012 that just said, people aren't assets. You know, we talk about like people, oh, you're people mm, assets, mm, mm. you know, well, people aren't assets. <laughs> They're humans that need to be, um, to be cared about and to be looked after as unique individuals and not as um, every one of them being exactly the same um, as being a cog in the system. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think additionally, Becky, I'm thinking about a conversation I had recently with a leader and actually I, I should say it was a group of leaders where we were mm-hmm. talking about our assumptions. And uh, I know that as humans, we make assumptions all the time. As mm-hmm. people, we make assumptions. We make assumptions when we drive down the road that the car coming towards us <laughs> is going to be on the other side of the road. And the our right brains left, need depending. to make these. Ass- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was careful how I framed that one. Um, and those assumptions we make in all areas of our lives and we need to from a brain perspective, otherwise we'd be focusing on absolutely everything and we'd have that sense of overwhelm. Mm. And I think this is just raising to the awareness and in this conversation with this group of leaders about we can't just assume uh, what people are doing or can't just assume that they can deliver exactly on their role if they're working from home or that um, they can work from home or they can or they can do their job elsewhere. It's about being present, having that grace and kindness that I loved our conversation on and knowing our people to a depth mm. that shows we care, but also, and this is where the difficulty is, I, I, I'm going to call it, we want to yeah. know our people, but also have some boundaries there as well. Mm. So it does take some time and energy and focus, but um, it's about, this is true leadership. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of that concept of emotional templates that we talk about in Leaders Who Give a Damn program of, yeah, mm. 
what you're reminding me that like some of those things are things that we need where we need to cut, like, especially if they're positive emotional templates that we can create those things, these assumptions, these filters of the situation that we're about to go into. Um, but when we find that we're creating a negative emotional template or a negative assumption, that's where we kind of, as leaders, um, the best leaders, they check themselves. I was talking to a leader today who, man, she is so good at individualizing. She's saying, you know, okay, I'm, I talked to this, I, I said, I said something to the effect of how is your team doing? And she's like, well, yesterday I would have said great. And today, uh, I'm not so sure. And so she had a conversation with one of her employees that she usually has great rapport, great trust with. And today something happened by the end of the call. It was clear that there was the, there was something going on that there was either a lack of trust or that there was, um, just uh, maybe toes being stepped on or, you know, as a, as a coach, I was helping her think through that and what that might be. And um, I think one of her greatest strengths as a leader is that even in this sense of crisis where, you know, one of the true answers as to why things might be going wrong is because people are tired, right? They are exhausted. Mm -hmm. They have been working more hours than they ever have. Um, and she was doing a great job of just saying, well, what is it for this person? You know, she and I, um, I coach from a strengths finder perspective. So we're talking about the strengths of that particular person and what, what might be causing the riff or might, might've caused this like difference in interaction. And in the end, yeah, maybe there were some strengths related things about relator and significance and some different approaches that this leader could take. And so that's individualizing right there. Yep. And then also just realizing fatigue is setting in. And so what can we do to have, um, assume positive intent, go back to people mm. with, um, go back to your, your team with like, Hey, that didn't go so well. What, how, what can we do to make that go better? Or what do I not know that I should know, um, that will help me to tailor our conversations to you a little bit better. And I think this is just another great example, Becky, of a leader that's really being present and mm. and really present to their their needs of their team and how they're feeling. And um, I think the important part here for people to just reflect on also is this doesn't mean that's taking away from your job. This is your job as a leader. Mm. This is the core that's element cool, of right being there. a leader. <laughs> And I would even build on that and say, while it might feel like it's taking away some of the conversation from where you're up to with your projects, where you're up to on some of your work mm. or where you're up to on delivering on X, Y, and Z, by having these conversations, it puts people in a space so they can deliver on their work and actually feel more engaged in their jobs. Mm. So um, I think we've got to just... Uh, and and this is just highlighted so importantly through this uh, this process through uh, this this pandemic, how important mm -hmm. we are connecting with our people on their individual needs. And a, late, a leader I was working with a couple of weeks ago, leader I was working with a couple of weeks ago. She she told me she had to change the way she conducted her one on one conversations with her team. And it was a great awareness where she realized that it was all project-based. It was all where you're at with your work. Are you delivering on the timelines? Have you speaking to stakeholders? It was just very, and the awareness she got was, hang on, I, I've missed that leadership component. I've missed that conversation. Mm. I've missed the check-in. Where are you at? Like, like your leader, great example. So she brought that in and 
the shift on the productivity, the shift on how mm. people were connected and even communicating with each other shifted significantly by her showing that care at the start of every one-on-one. Um, again, good practice and a simple change, but made a big difference. Mm. I love that. It, uh, just the power of showing up first with this is a human I'm talking to kind of like, you're not an asset. You're not a to-do list to me. Um, you know, that's challenging for people like me who are to-do list kind of people like, okay, well we have these things <laughs> that we need to take care of. Right. But it, like you said, it's not, um, adding to your job. It is your job to like, to know them so that then, you know, if you're going to, you know, um, if you're going to be able to get through all that checklist, checklist of things. Um, and a leader that um, I was working with who said, you know what they do? They started to do one word check-ins at the beginning of every meeting. So uh, you, sometimes you feel like I don't have time to like get everybody's like how they're feeling today and like, you know, download everything about what, how their weekend was and all that. Um, but if you're having a team meeting, you know, it's pretty powerful for people to go around the room and say one word of, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what, you don't have to explain it. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be happy. It doesn't have to be good or it could be, but what happens if you go around the room and everyone like says their one word, like, this is how I'm coming to this meeting today. And then you as a leader can individualize to the team or to that meeting. Or like if everyone in the room says overwhelmed, exhausted, burnt out, then you know that you have a different situation than if most people are saying, you know what? pretty good. Or, you know, I, I'm feeling content today or I'm relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know, those are very different experiences um, that yeah. you as a leader can then kind of tailor your to-do list to uh, after that. S- such a simple process, but I can imagine the, the, uh, the openness, the vulnerability that creates in the space for people to start to share how they're feeling. And you know what? I think a good leader in that situation might say, we need to pause the conversation about Mm. this project and we need to maybe talk about what's just come out of that review of how we're all feeling um, to make sure we reconnect and how we looking after ourselves and looking after each other in that moment. Um, I do that often in my workshops when I run with teams and Mm. those themes of I'm feeling busy, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling tired, um, uh, because people I feel like are juggling and we talk about this uh, in one of our, I think it was in the training we did a few weeks back. Hmm. People yes. feel like they're juggling a lot more balls at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think that check-in from a leader is, is again, simple step, but simple, really impactful yeah. shows you care as a leader. The bit I want to add Becky, that's so important is if you're going to ask that question, be prepared for the answer, be prepared. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> Be prepared for what people say because if they're going to say, hey, I'm feeling tired or I'm feeling a bit lost or I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed, you know, we've given them the space to share that. Now let's do something with that Mm. because if someone raises that and we go, okay, now let's move on to the projects. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That being said, check, check, check. Right. Like, yeah. So (laughs) what do you think? What, What have you seen some of the best leaders do or what are, what are some of your experiences of, of, you know, not derailing your entire project. You might not be able to, but really still addressing some of those, uh, for, you know, what does it look like to be ready for the responses that people give you? Yeah. So I think that's a really good um, point. And I think it's that preparation. So being aware that if I'm going to ask that question that I'm 
already thinking about, okay, how do we support? How do we share? So I know leaders that are thinking, right, in my agenda, that is a, a part of the process. And then what I'm going to make sure I can do is I've got some suggestions that I might bring to the table after more of a coaching approach. So for example, if people are saying I'm a bit stressed, I'm a bit overwhelmed or I'm, 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 I'm feeling too busy right now. Okay. So the, the coaching approach would be, so what are you going to do about that? Or what support do you need or what additional mm. resources? Um, who could we delegate some work to? So ask some coaching questions, but as a leader also having ready to bring to the table some ideas in case uh, the team, you know, don't quite get there. So, but, you know, we're going to start with that coaching approach. So I'd say that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, being very mindful and, and uh, listening with intent for anyone that needs follow up after that meeting. So mm -hmm. what are those tailored one-on-one -on -one check ins? Yeah. 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 So you might need to check in with someone and, and catch up with them and say, uh, look, hey, Becky, I noticed that right now you've said you've got so much in your plate, you're not too yeah. sure where to start. Let's catch up after the meeting and talk through that so I can help you with some of the uh, priorities on, uh, on that work right now. Yeah, I, uh, it reminds me of um, a leader, one of the best leaders that I have worked with in the recent years who um, says that he that during kind of during this time of crisis, maybe it was probably about, I don't know, six or seven weeks in where people are starting to feel that burnout. Um, he said that he had just a conversation with one of his team members who came to him and just said, you know what, this is a lot. Like, I don't know if I can manage this. I'm feeling completely overwhelmed. And as he just kind of stood stood in that place and had a listening ear, stood, I don't know, he might've been sitting because he was probably on a Zoom call at that point, but um, uh, had a, a listening ear for her situation. You know, by the end, they were laughing together and um, he was just kind of letting her know, like, you're not the only one that's feeling like this and here's some strategies that maybe we can try. And, you know, he's good at cracking jokes and such. And so they were laughing together, you know, high positivity, strength type leader. And... Um, yeah. you know, at the end of the conversation, she just said, you know what, I came in just feeling so down and I appreciate that I'm able to have a conversation with you, that you're willing to stop and talk to me. And, um, and, and you always make, you can always make me laugh, even if I feel like, you know, I'm, everything's about to crash, crash in and burn. So, mm. um, you know, that, I feel like that's an example of, of tailoring that one-on-one -on -one of, of knowing that it was not time to be like, I mean, it probably wasn't even time to be like, okay, well, let's list out everything that you have going and see what we can eliminate. It, you know, that might have been a helpful fix, but really, all she needed was yeah. that emotional connection and that that un, um, that sense of being understood and being heard, and adding mm. a little bit of levity back into her life at that time. So it, that leader just just did a really good job of individualizing that experience so that he was helping her get what she needed in that moment. Yeah, I, I love that. And I love the practical examples with these great leaders that you work with, Becky, because I think it helps us understand how this can look in mm -hmm. a day-to-day -day approach. I just want to also flag, I think what's a really important distinction here, leaders caring about their people is obviously important, something that we are so passionate about. But leaders also aren't counsellors. So mm -hmm. it's also striking that balance of showing you care, building that trust, but also being aware of when you may need to refer or suggest other support mechanisms your organization has 
to support that person as well. And um, just so I think that's an important um, element that leaders need to be mindful of um, and not stepping over and getting, and also not being too emotionally invested yeah, and, and in it. show you care. Yeah. And, but at the same time, making sure that you keep uh, some boundaries there as well. Yeah. yeah. I think the bit that I just add to that, um, explaining your intent is really important. Hmm. That if you are asking someone how they're doing or you're asking how things are, some people may be thinking, oh, this is a bit personal. You're diving in hmm. too quick or but needs trust but explaining your intent that the reason I'm doing that is because I do care about you. I want to make sure you're okay. Some simple words to explain your intent go a long way. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we've talked um, a a little bit, all kind of all weaving throughout these stories and some of the behaviors that we've seen of good leaders that individualize and are providing flexibility and this kind of lockdown time and after, um, we've talked a little bit about impact. Yeah. Uh, what, what more would you say about the type of impact that being an individualizing leader, a flexible leader um, really has on your team and your team culture and your end products? Uh, well, I, I think the word we've said a few times is trust. And I hundred percent, mm. I think it builds trust, it builds that greater connection between team members and leader. Uh, it also reduces stress stress, anxiety, and worry. Um, I think it also builds employee engagement. It builds that, um, uh, that connection to the team and that connection to the organization and the purpose. And uh, you and I have talked about this in the Leaders to Give a Damn program around, you know, these, I think it's 70% of an employee's engagement relates to their relationship with their manager. Yes. So if my manager shows, my leader shows, I care about um, me, then I'm engaged and I'm going to show up. So Mm. there's um, the impact there isn't just from human to human, but also from a business sense. So um, I think the other thing it it also does is that it it creates a new way of working and a new team Mm. culture that transition to this time right now where some businesses are working back in the office or back in their workplace and then beyond that. Um, Over the past few weeks, I've been running workshops with a range of of clients and I've been asking the question, who wants things to go back to the way they were before this all started? (laughs) And I I think you know the answer. Um, I think I think I've had you tell me. Yeah. (laughs) Drum roll for the surprise. Yes, please. Um, It's been, I think, around 200 people and honestly, it would be like two people have said we want it to go back the way it was. Yeah. Uh, Everyone has uh, enjoyed or been inspired or appreciated or um, changed a way of working, been exposed to a different way and wants something out of that to continue, whether it's the flexibility, whether it's the start time, whether it's working from home, whether it's the type of work they do. It's just so strong, so strong right now. And um, unfortunately, though, I was talking to uh, uh, a team recently and they Mm -hmm. said that the message they got from a leader was, hey, when you go back into the work, it's, it's back to five days a week 
exact same hours back to what we're doing. And they're all like, mm. hang on, hang on, hang on. That's, that's not what we want. And there's this mm. conversation happening right now about how, how do we individualize? How do we yeah. take what's worked for me and what's going to work for the team going forward? Because otherwise, Becky, if we don't do that as leaders, there's going to be massive, honestly, massive emotional mental impact and massive disengagement. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that is a really striking, um, a striking story about, you know, an organization saying, you know, we're just going to go back to doing what we were doing. It's not like we're asking you to do anything more than what you did before. Um, yet people are starting to say, but look, I'm doing a great job and look at Mm -hmm. all the less miles that are on my car, the less pollution that we're putting in the air, the less number of hours I spent on the train and you know, all the, the different elements, whatever kind of they're pulling out as, man, this was a real benefit to me and I'm still doing a good job for you. Aren't I, you know? Um, and that's really fascinating. And I'm getting the chance to invest in my health and well-being Mm. whilst I'm not commuting into the workplace. Yes. Now, I'm not saying going for, and, and I don't want to put my assumption out there for, for people to think that I'm saying everyone should work from home going forward. True. I'm not saying that. Yeah. And I know that's not what you're saying either. I think what we, we are very clear on is it's the individual needs of the person and the team and the business and how that can all come together. Mm-hmm. Because there's lots that has worked over these past few months. And I think from a habit point of view, if it takes 21 days to form a new habit, people have been forming new habits for mm-hmm. over 90 days. That's and true. if we consider that, yeah, we consider that we've got people that have formed some new habits some new ways of working and they're, they're getting locked in pretty solid. And like you said, um, and, and it's working in the sense that they're delivering on what the team needs as well. Right, right. Since as you're saying these things, it um, I'm gonna I take your Venn diagram approach. I feel like there's there's a there's a middle, right? There's like the there's the me, mm. there's my team, there's an the organization, and where does that overlap? And you know, um, as an individual team member as well, you you know you're you don't it, you don't just get to do whatever you want, right? <laughs> there has to be some uh, give and yeah. take from the team and from the leader and from the organization. And I think for the first time, we're seeing um, that that it can work when that there can be a really great place of overlap of all those things um, and still be focusing on the human and the individual and, and what people need. Um, Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I I totally agree, Becky. And I think that's a good way to, I think, wrap up this conversation and for leaders to actually take that pause and maybe Mm -hmm. even get the piece of paper out or get out their device and think about those those, um, circles and how they do Mm -hmm. intersect. What do my individuals need? What do my team members need? What does our team need? What do I need? What does the organization need? And how do we map that going forward? Hmm. Talk to your team and really listen and be prepared then to invest the time um, and shaping this, this amazing opportunity going forward. Um, because right now there are so many different versions of work that is being developed and being implemented. Um, and it's about finding the one that works for you and for your team and for those individuals in your team. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that practical application of just kind of being able to see like, where do these things overlap? Um, we're not saying that uh, I think what I'm careful of is we're not saying that every individual's needs have to trump everything. I mean, that won't work, right? It won't work 
not yeah. everyone can get everything that they feel like they need. I mean, maybe they can, but most likely they can't. And so where, where are those biggest sections of overlap and how can we come to a solution that looks at the, the individual for their situation, the individual for their strengths? Um, I think about individual ways to encourage and recognize each employee. I mean, this has been something that's been a thing you know, since the beginning of management. And uh, it feels even more important mm-hmm. during this time where people are feeling just more uncertain. And so as an, as a manager, you know, one practical takeaway is just, okay, think about who each of my team members are as an individual and how, what can I do to encourage and recognize them uh, for the work that they are doing during this time and, um, and the value that they provide based on their individual needs and their individual strengths. And of course, Becky, there's a really great link here to module three in the Leaders to Give Down program, which is knowing your people. And I know as you go through that module, there's some resources there to help you um, invest in deepening that knowledge of your people to connect with them on an individual level. So uh, if you haven't checked out that program, would love you to check that out because I know that module links so strongly to what we're talking about today. Yep. And it leaves you with some real good, um, solid action planning guides and some practical next steps that you can take to individualize as a leader and even more when it comes to knowing who your people are and, um, and being a leader that inspires them to follow. So yeah, definitely check that out if you haven't. And we will be excited to continue this series about leadership and lockdown uh, next I was going to say next week, whenever the next episode is uh, in our fourth episode <laughs> of this series, uh, which, and we will be talking about clarity and clarity is something that Murray, you especially have been thinking about and are passionate about in this time that you've been seeing the best leaders are those that create a sense of clarity. And there's some interesting ways that they're doing that and that you're seeing that happen. So we'll be excited to dive into that um, in the next episode. So Becky, If you expect to get a word in next time, you're going to be severely disappointed. I am so passionate about clarity and I am looking forward to talking about that with you. Uh, So thanks again so much. I love, I love, love our conversations and uh, thanks everyone for listening. Yep. And thanks to the inspiring leaders that are teaching us what it looks like to lead well in lockdown. Bye now. Leaders who individualize are the ones who thrive. It's the way it has always has has been. And in the time of this crisis that's continuing in uncertainty, it's even more important in your role as the excellent leader that you're striving to be. I hope you'll follow along with this series here on the podcast as we get into the last two themes that have shined throughout the best leaders in this time of lockdown and this time that we're coming out of. If we're not already connected, Murray and I would both love to connect with you over on social media and connect with us on Instagram, LinkedIn. We can continue this conversation around leadership and strengths and this crazy uncertain time. You can find me at Strong and Murray at Murray Guest on Instagram. On LinkedIn, you can find us by our name. So I hope that you do that. And before we sign off, I want to make sure that you know about this really big discount that we've been offering for the Leaders Who Did Give a Damn program. You just heard us mention Leaders Who Give a Damn a little bit in this episode. And if you really want to be a leader who inspires others to follow, even in crisis, even in uncertainty, then you can find all the details over at leaderswhogiveadam.com. Use the code 50PROMO, 50% off through this 
crazy tough season that continues to persist in so many ways. That code again is the numbers five and zero and the word promo, 50 promo, for 50% off the Leaders of Give Down program. We'd be honored to have you join us. You know, you and your strengths, they are what have the power to make a ripple effect in your family, on your team, and ultimately across the entire world. We can feel that now more than ever. The world needs your strengths. So learn them, love them, and live them in your own circles of influence, even as a leader. Until next time on Isogo TV.